When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a Thursday with Hale Bar City Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are inching closer and closer to Nebraska, Oklahoma. And uh, we'll dive into the matchup a little more today. Numbers to get in with Hale Bar City Radio 46637 Seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Those are the numbers to dial up. You're absolutely welcome to fire off an email and do so. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me. At Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, to Hale Varsity follows for you hail varsity radio follow the show at h varsity radio and then follow the brand at hail varsity for all your updates football and beyond speaking of hail varsity brandon vogel going to be with us in about 15 minutes get his take on saturday the week that's been in hour two gary barnett talks the frost dismissal it also the matchup on saturday dean blevins a long time sooner and he's hosted about every coach that's worn the headset at Oklahoma, from Switzer to Lincoln Riley to now Brett Venables. Uh, we are excited to spend time with Dean Blevins in our two. Danny Burke from VEASAN Sports Network. What's he think of the number with Nebraska at plus 11? Some NFL action tonight as well. The Chiefs host the Chargers uh, Danny will dive into that. And we're efforting uh, Charles Thompson in the next Maybe two hours or 24 hours. We will see if the Sooner Great and Dad and Casey uh, joins us on the show. So that's on the docket. Be sure to check out the podcast yesterday. Uh, great stuff from Barry Switzer. Today, we'll spend time with Dean Blevins. So we have the phone numbers, the email, and now it is time to talk a little prediction. Where have you gone as a Nebraska fan since even last Sunday with the firing. And now you get into day one for Mickey on Tuesday. You had Wednesday practice. You had Thursday practice. You'll have walk walk through Friday today uh, into tomorrow. And then uh, it's, it's go time. You punch the gloves. You uh, figure it out. So right now, if you're, if you're going multiple choice, uh, you have these. A, beat down. Oklahoma trashes and crashes Nebraska. B, heartache. Close ball game. Nebraska right there. 
But guess what? Ding, ding, ding. They, they lose a close game. C is for Cookie and Cornhusker. Upset. Right? You have three choices. Close ball game. Nebraska showed valor but loses. Uh, beat down. Oklahoma's too good. They're going to live up to that number six ranking. Or C, Nebraska actually gets the upset. Do you feel a little better heading into this one now, despite all the turmoil? Tim's going to get us kicked off here on Hale Varsity Radio. Tim, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll just uh, referring back to last week's game, and I, I hate to go backwards, but the only way it seems to me like this, and, and I don't know much about football, but the only way it seems like this defense is going to uh, turn this around is, is to go play a bump and run, uh, slow them receivers down at the line of scrimmage so our uh, linemen can get to them. That game last week, that quarterback, I'll bet you at least 60% of the time he threw, he was getting rid of the ball within two, and definitely before three seconds, it was gone. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't care who you got there for linemen. They're not going to get to that guy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my uh, that's what really ticked me off about last week's game is why we didn't make a change like that, or, or can't we play bump and run? I'll hang up here. Yeah. Thanks. Hey, Tim, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for listening. That is the question. I mean, what, what can Nebraska do? And I know what Nebraska hasn't done, and that's tackle and tackle in space. They haven't had as many hats as they need. And the way offenses are, you think back to Northwestern, they they got in space a little bit, right? It was, it was a running back uh, on a linebacker or uh, a hybrid-type guy, or it was yards after the catch over the middle. Uh, a little bit better, but still not good enough against North Dakota. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, Vantrese had quick throws, and then he had time as well, able to set his feet and let it rip. So, yeah, Nebraska needs to, to, to figure out a way to get to the quarterback, Elijah. I mean, just four hurries and two sacks in 50-plus dropbacks isn't good enough. See what the secondary can do. Maybe it's a new look, a better look by Travis Fisher working with the corners, and maybe the safeties are are better at it Saturday because Chins has had more time. It, and this is true with Nebraska, and I'll, and I'll shut up. Nebraska's had, in the past, when we talk coaching staffs, they've had somebody split up, specifically on the defensive line. Coach McBride had worked with the interior, uh, and, and you had you know, Tony Samuel work with the ends, okay? Offensive line, you had Milt... And, and Dan Young, you had two eyeballs working the offensive line because it was that important. Right now, you're going to have two eyeballs working the secondary that are on the same page. Fish will be with the corners. Chins will be with the safeties. And away we go. Big responsibility for, uh, for Nebraska on the defensive line where Dawson has D-line and outside. And, and I don't know if that's the, the best idea, but that's what you got. Um, maybe have Bill Bush help because he's coached rush ends before. But, yeah, Nebraska needs something, and Tim's not wrong with his diagnosis. Well, I think this this argument with the, the defensive struggles kind of perfectly encapsulates this heart versus head struggle that I've been feeling here over the past couple of days, which is my, my head tells me that, you know what, this defensive line hasn't been able to get home uh, through the first three games of the season, and you know what, maybe it's because this uh, this defensive line, these pass rushers aren't as heralded as I as I thought they were coming into the season, but then you get into the heart argument, which is, well, 
with a new change. There's, there's a new mentality within this team, and pass rush is it's about effort, and, uh, and they're going to be able to get home because the secondary is going to learn some lessons. Uh, the, the, the coaching staff has changed there, and uh, they're going to be able to have more time spent on practice focusing on safeties and corners, and uh, you're going to give the pass rushers more time to get home, and, and it, it just perfectly encapsulates. like heart tells me things can get better. Head tells me what I've seen through three games shows me Nebraska could lose by 35 points this week, and I don't know which is the correct way, and it's probably somewhere between the two. But it, 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 it's, it's that struggle that I think is on a lot of Husker fans' minds this week, which is almost that what if. That, well, we've seen it before. We've seen it in the NFL. We've even seen it in college where a team fires a coach and then it looks like a completely new team after that. And uh, it's because it's that new mentality and some changes that an interim head coach can make. But then the head, or the, yeah, the head tells me, well, a team is what it is. They are what they are. There's deficiencies. They can get better. And the reality is, is the pressure around the program has been lifted. There's still internal pressure for you to perform and, and go win games, but the margin for error to having to play perfect ball to keep your coach's job is, is gone, okay? So now you got to dust yourself up and then listen to Mickey and let him energize and teach it gets you put in the best spot because, quite honestly, uh, Coach Frost and his record and those close losses, you were in position to win, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. All right? There, there was no, hey, if you do this, this is going to be the result, and you'll get a win, right? Too many times Nebraska fell short. Too many times uh, game plan or execution or both weren't good enough to get a win, okay? And Nebraska players, at some point, it's okay to doubt. Does this guy know what he's telling us is, is going to work? And and that's, uh, that's a reality. You've got a new voice. But, yeah, you've got your multiple choice. Beat down by OU, uh, close but not enough for Nebraska, or it's a Husker upset and the Mickey Joseph era gets – kicked off the right way we'll get to some of your emails uh, on the way here chris at hailvarsity.com brett is with us here on hail varsity radio brett go ahead thanks for calling hello brett you're up go ahead bud hey uh i guess my concern is is many things on defense uh i just don't understand to me it looks like ball camp preseason in game week, we obviously failed in practice. Uh, I don't know why defensive linemen don't put their hands up if they can't get to the quarterback. That helps cut down the vision for those short passes. I don't know why we don't come up and play man-to-man. And the most troubling is it seems like they stay in this cover, too, and that's the only thing they can eat coach or the only thing they can, they can play. And I'm not trying to blame the defensive coordinator. I don't know what's going on. That's all I know is you try something. If something is not working, you try something different. And I don't see that. And then, to me, that's very concerning. Hopefully they can get a change around, but people think that it's going to be a one-week success. No, it's going to take several weeks mm-hmm. with good hard practices and changes to see the improvement. It ain't, you can't make that improvement overnight. No, Brett, you're you're more than likely right with the, the, the turnaround and the timeline. I'll say this with the, the zone coverage 
uh, and it's not an excuse. It's more of a reality. And, and Brett, thanks for calling. You, you've got too many new faces, right? You, you know what you have in Farmer, at least through previous starts, although it's his first time as a full-time starter. Uh, you have Buford, who's been really good. I mean, he's not made every tackle, but he's made some impactful tackles, and he's got three takeaways on the team. That's impressive. And then you've got Newsom, who's been about to every rodeo. He's really talented, but Tommy Hill's opposite him. When Nebraska's tried to play other guys, and I think Gifford's been pretty good too. He's not been perfect, but I like Gifford's speed and physicality. Okay, That's what you got covering back there. What's behind him? Well, when you've gone to, to a backup back there, that's been attacked, and, and that's given up a, ga- a gash play through three games or a touchdown. So what do we do best? That's and I'm, I'm thought bubble chinsing here. It's not I'm saying we. I'm not part of Nebraska, but what do we do best, and what are we most solid at? So that's what we're going to call. That'll give us the best chance to win. That's my theory, okay? Because if if we go man, then guess what? There's two or three people there that they're going to pick on, and it's going to be a bleep show. And, and what it strikes. Uh, me as with, with what we've seen from the defense is conservative almost in a way that it almost feels like the Husker coaching staff is saying we're just going to ask our defense to do enough to let our offense go win the football game that means keep everything in front of you don't get burnt deep don't let a team go 80 yards in three plays on you make, make them earn it make them go 11 12 plays 80 yards and if they score at the end it's okay because we trust our offense enough to, to go down and score uh, once they get the ball back here it strikes me as a, as a defense that is playing just are doing just enough to let their offense keep pace and let them be in a game in the fourth quarter where I haven't seen enough uh, blitz calls. I haven't seen enough of this defense. It's not like a Carl Pliny defense where they're going to send corners off the edge uh, on a blitz. And you know what? If they beat you because you're, you're blitzing the corner, credit to you. And pick up your 30, 40 yards and we'll reset. This does not look like a defense that wants to. It looks like a defense that says, you know what? If you beat us for five to eight yards on this play and you beat us five yards again and you get a first down, well, we get a new set of downs now to try to slow you down, try to get off the field on third down. But it strikes me more <laughs> as, uh, as I think it's Gertie hopping into the frame here on, uh, on the video yeah. stream. Uh, it, it strikes me as a defense that just says, you know what? We're going to play this thing conservatively. We're not going to let you go put up 14 points on us in three minutes because we know our offense is going to be able to keep pace if our defense can j- do just enough to let them uh, stick around, which I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I agree with it. But I, that's what I've been seeing, at least when I, when I watch the games, when I go back and rewatch them. It just seems like a defense that wants to play conservatively. Play to your strength, right? And the strength has been putting up points, going uh, with the offense. Uh, Vic has chimed in. Uh, he says, you know what? When it comes to prediction Thursday, if it's close, Nebraska finds a way to get it done. Vic out in Denver. That's bold uh, after watching the past two years of Husker football. Well, poor Vic was was buying shots uh, before the game and after game up out in Dublin with us. And, man, uh, bless his heart. Plenty of emails to get to. Matt chimes in. Chris at HaleVarsity.com says, if Nebraska beats Oklahoma this week, the crowd has to rush the field <laughs> and tear down the goalpost. It very well could signal the turnaround of the program the same way Oklahoma took theirs down after they beat us at home. 22 years ago, I was at that game with Paulie Glenn, man, down in Norman, Nebraska, jumped out one versus two, and Boomer uh, won a national championship in 20, in 2000 with Heupel before he got large, chucking the football up. Uh, it was the beginning of their rise, 
to where they're at today also. It would uh, be great to, to win and celebrate Joseph's first win, his first home win, and revenge on Oklahoma. Yeah, the revenge question. For, for hurting Mickey back in 1990. When, when was the last time that the, the Huskers fan base went and tore down the goalpost? Do you remember, Schmitty? Oh, the, 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 the major one was taking down Colorado, I think, in 92. Some guy in a bunny suit was, a, was on the crossbar <laughs> hopping down. It's, it's it never Halloween. happened in my lifetime. I know that. Halloween night. Well, because, I mean, yeah, it's something that you're not used to doing if you're Nebraska. People do it because they beat Nebraska back in the day. If you're Kansas State, if you're Colorado, if you're somebody, right, Missouri, I mean, you were you were the the trophy game, but yeah, they could come down, and and Trev might be uh, hanging on one of the uprights. <laughs> we'll check in with Brandon Vogel on the way. Hail Varsity presented by Currency. When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now. Now, before it's too late. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Dean Blevins on the way, Mr. Sooner Football. We say hi to Brandon L. Vogel, managing editor with Hale Varsity, author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. And you find Vogues on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogues, it's Nebraska-Oklahoma week. Um, what more do we need to say, bud? Oklahoma-Nebraska memory number one for you. Um, well, it might literally be the first Nebraska game I was ever able to attend. Uh, the only game I would attend until I was in college, which was 1987. Oklahoma-Nebraska at Memorial Stadium. Uh, my brother, who is four years younger than me, so I'm eight years old at that time, gets very sick, cannot go to the game. Uh, honestly, my, my, my most vivid memory of that game as an eight-year-old might be the bootleg F Oklahoma shirts that my parents purchased, <laughs> one of which I still have. So, um, yeah, that, 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 was, that was pretty much it. We stayed at the Cornhusker, you know, did... Ooh. It's from where I grew up, it's six hours to to Lincoln. So it was a big deal to go to the big city to to watch the big red. Uh and didn't happen all that often, but that was that that's my first Oklahoma Nebraska memory for that reason. I know there's people across the spectrum where like Colorado was the rival for Nebraska. Texas was for a bit, maybe Iowa or Wisconsin is now, but for me, it it remains Oklahoma. So I'm always happy to, to see those two helmets uh, collide. Charles Thompson's game. I mean, went off. I was in for Jamel Holloway. Both were wearing Beaver eisenhower beaver jackets that are still glorious to this day 
And, uh, yeah, I think it was 17-7. to That was the ball game. And yeah. Nebraska fans uh, had a great year. I mean, you lost to Dion in Florida State in a shootout at the Fiesta Bowl. But I would have loved to see Nebraska's 80, 87 team because their only loss, I think, was to yeah, – it was Oklahoma and they – I think I'm getting revised here. Their uh, their only loss was, yeah, was to Oklahoma and then Florida State because they they rocked UCLA that year. It was it was big time. Uh, so really good season. Steve Taylor and Charles Thompson. We we may have a, a Charles Thompson sighting here the next hour forty five <laughs> or tomorrow. So that'll be good. Where where are you at right now, Vogues? Uh, when it comes to prediction Thursday, multiple choice, beat down by OU. Close but no cigar for Nebraska or upset Mickey Juice is for real. Yeah, I, I think beatdown is definitely off the off the board for me. Um I don't think and this isn't this isn't slight at Scott Frost or the previous regime. I mean most of the previous regime is still there. It's just like it got it got so heavy, right? Like mm-hmm. carrying around the score in one score games, the knowledge that hey, if we don't turn this around, uh, our head coach might be fired, and that and, you know, and that happened. So I'm I'm not trying to make light of that, but now all of that stuff is gone. Now you can just go out there and actually play football and. What's that worth in terms of a point spread that's but last check eleven or twelve points in in favor of Oklahoma? I, I look at this game, you know, I don't I don't feel like I have a great sense of what Oklahoma actually is after wins over UTEP and Kent State, which is fine. That's that's how that often goes. Defense looked pretty solid, as you'd expect, for for hiring hiring a Brent Venables, probably the best defensive coordinator in the country, at the time that OU hired him last year. Offense, it's it's hard to say. Dylan Gabriel, the the UCF transfer at quarterback, has looked great. Marvin Mims has obviously always kind of been great. Run game, we'll see. Um, so, I'm some. We'll put it this way. Uh, I'm somewhere between Nebraska keeps it close versus Nebraska wins outright. The latter result of that, the latter of those wouldn't shock me really at all if they were, if, if Nebraska were to win. Um, I think you've got a shot now and we'll, we'll see how things go. Oklahoma, I think obviously has the better team coming into this one, but Again, it goes back to what role does kind of emotion and freedom play a little bit. Brennan Vogels with us. Hail Varsity.com and Magazine. Elijah Caller had a question. Yeah, we've got Ryan on the line with us here for a question uh, for you two about the next head coach. All right. Ryan, go ahead, bud. Yeah, my first thought was just um, I hope Nebraska keep it close against Oklahoma here come Saturday. I just hope we don't get you know run out of the stadium. Uh, my second thought was about uh, the next head coach. We're not talking names. I'm just talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope he puts a lot more of it. Obviously, I know the last two coaches between Scott um, and Mike were a lot of emphasis was on getting big name wide receivers and quarterbacks, whatnot. I just want to see this next head coach start looking for some maybe four or five star offensive linemen and defensive linemen because I think that's where we struggle. I watch teams like Iowa 
nice other Big Ten teams, not all of them have these huge high-profile high recruits, you know what I mean? Um, I just want to see Nebraska get back to what made Nebraska Nebraska, and that was a strong offensive line. And let's find ourselves some decent receivers. They can, you know, um, offensive line can make a team look really good um, without those whole, you know, five-star wide receivers or a five-star quarterback. Let's get back to that. I'd love to see that out of the next head coach. Thanks, guys. Ryan, appreciate you listening. Thanks for calling. And, and a really good offensive line can really grind away and, and enhance a defensive line. Vogues, I, I think it's imperative for the next guy, whether he's here now or on Trev's shopping list, that is somebody that can get complimentary offensive line play. Because when you've had that, you've been able to win a lot of ball games. Yeah, you have. And when you look at Nebraska in a broad context of like, okay, we, we're we aware of some of the recruiting challenges that exist with just location. You're going to have to go out and recruit wide receivers, quarterbacks, maybe running backs from across, <coughs> excuse me, across the country. Offensive line, defensive line to a degree might be one of those where you know, you've got some you've got some good options locally. And that that that's a benefit, I think, to to Nebraska. Now I will say, you know, modern college football is moving to you. It's the the connection between quarterback and pass catchers is becoming such a big deal. So um I'm 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 not trying to refute Ryan's point there at all um i think he's right like if you're not going to be good on the o-line it's going to be tough to be good in general that said i think it's it, it maybe isn't quite the the percentage it was 20 years ago or even 10 or 15 years ago so you see these teams that if they've got solid experience returning a quarterback solid re- experience returning a wide receiver and maybe three of five starters or even four or five starters to replace on the O-line, they can still be pretty good. That said, Nebraska's line standard has not been up to what you'd expect for a team that plays in Lincoln, Nebraska, particularly when you look at Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, the teams in Nebraska needs to jump to be a consistent contender in the Big Ten West. So, so I agree. Um, any coach when we're, I mean, we've got two months to do this where we're all kind of looking at, okay, well, who would you go get? Any coach that has a history of good offensive line play gets a bump up in my mind. Brandon Vogel is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Vogues, when you look at Oklahoma on Saturday, their offensive line and defensive line play, from what I've seen from them, it doesn't look like a strength of the team. However, it doesn't necessarily look like a weakness either. So uh, this this game, if you're previewing, it's not going to be like that Northwestern game, I don't think, where uh, they batter you over the course of three quarters, and then by the fourth quarter, uh, Nebraska's lines of scrimmage are, are pretty gassed, and that's kind of what loses you the game. I don't think that's going to be the case this Saturday, but how do you think Oklahoma is going to try to uh, attack this Husker team, particularly? on offense well i think based on what you saw last week against georgia southern most teams will say well we'll we'll run it until you prove that you can stop this and that's just going to be nebraska's reality for for a little bit that said i agree with you particularly on the offensive line side of things um oklahoma like 
through two games, which again, it's UTEP and Kent State, so who knows? It's not, it doesn't strike me as kind of a vintage OU offensive line. Like they're replacing some guys, they've got some things to prove up there. Defensive line, they've been able to, to create a little more havoc. Like they've been able to get into opponent backfields, which is a big issue so far through three games for Nebraska. So you, I think you've got to note that. But I, I agree with you. Um, if OU isn't able to just kind of line up and run it, then Nebraska is giving itself a shot. And I think they've got a, a decent chance to, I mean, I have a hard time seeing this defense shutting down the run against anyone based on what we've seen so far, but I think they've got a chance to limit it to keep themselves in the game. Brandon Vogel's with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. So we don't have uh, any tea spilled on who's winning between the two quarterbacks in the 1987 matchup we referenced to start this segment with Brandon Vogel. But they, they are still on the golf course. So long and short is we will have a, uh, a Charles Thompson sighting tomorrow, which will be, which will be awesome. Uh, Boz is going to be here, so uh, short of a uh, restraining order, we will try and find him for tomorrow as well. And, uh, Vogues, as we wrap up, it is a 11 o'clock kickoff. We are at the bar, the bar on Saturday morning. We're at uh, Single Barrel tomorrow, 4 to 6 Roadshow, so it's going to be awesome. I got to ask you as a bartender, real quick, for those early morning kickoffs, are you Red Beer, are you Screwdriver, or are you Bailey's and Coffee? Oh, good question. Um, <laughs> red, beer is, red beer is out for me because I'm not a tomato juice fan. Um, so that that leaves but me two beer. choices. Well, yeah, orange beer is in, intriguing, and that might actually be the pick. Like because of the three <laughs> you offered me, uh, might go screwdriver. But if you give me the chance to at some point. Uh, go beer over vodka i'm probably choosing that with a little bit of orange juice vogel says there we go brandon we'll talk saturday morning but always appreciate you thanks for the time sounds good guys thanks hail varsity continues we're presented by currency open phone at 466-3776 get to your emails next pardon the interruption but i'd like to save you some money i'm brandon vogel managing editor of hail varsity I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of HailVarsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good sit down with Joel Klatt and Mitch Sherman. So we will dive into some of that. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency, Single Barrel Tomorrow, what to see you out there four to six. We want to see you lined up at the bar, the bar, uh, 16th and P. Seth and Gregor's do it incredible in Lincoln, and we're there for pregame and postgame Saturday as it is Nebraska, Oklahoma. Elijah Vogue's hit on something so so key, and I think if you're 
looking at the scales of this game, you've got Oklahoma, you've got Nebraska. What's going to tip it in favor? I think if we're, we're talking about the gold on Nebraska's side of the weight, it's going to be Nebraska's offense. It's, it's Casey Thompson. It's run game. It's the offense doing some heavy lifting and putting up uh, plenty of points, answering the bell, scoring, outscoring, winning a shootout. And that's how uh, the, the sausage will be made Saturday for an upset win. But I think Vogue's hit on something bigger. And this is the old Ted Lasso take. It's belief. And part of that belief is emotion. And, and I think it is going to be emotional. It's going to be emotional for the players. It's going to be emotional for some of those assistants. And I know the fans are, are ready to uh, unleash the fury, right? Go party, have a good time and celebrate your team under new leadership, not celebrate that there's had to be a change in leadership per se, but just what you have is new and get behind it and then just let it all hang out. Can you imagine the party in this joint? I mean, we're talking 20 years in the making against your bitter rival. It would be something like 0-1, the Crouch game where Nebraska took him down for who's number one in the BCS. Well, I mean, this it, thing, you would have the added there factor. May not be a, there, there may not be a, <laughs> uh, there, there may not be a beer left in Lincoln it, or I mean, the state for it's, that It's matter. the added factor of the frustration over the past four years and change of watching this football program. You can even go back further into the Mike Riley years where you're just waiting for one of these vintage wins. And Scott Frost never got a vintage win at Nebraska. The closest thing I think you can get is that 9-6 to six snowball against Michigan State. It's probably the last time that, that the home fans really did have a good time at home where it ends in a victory, a hard-fought victory, one you weren't necessarily expecting whenever the day began, and you get to go home happy. Uh, it hasn't happened since then, and it's just kind of that, that, that built-up frustration that would all come pouring out if the Huskers were to get the victory on Saturday. Four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five can join us on Hale Varsity Radio. Um, we have Dave on the line. Dave, thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead, bud. Uh, dudes, okay, I got a story about my first Husker game. It was Please. the Huskers against Oklahoma, and I don't remember what year it was. Johnny Mitchell was still playing for us, and it was a freezing. 91. Yeah, 91. It was a freezing rain. It was miserable. It was the best damn time I ever had in my life. But uh, when my wife dropped me off, we at no point in time made plans on where the hell she was going to pick me up. So she and a friend are driving around the stadium trying to figure out where I'm going to be at. And they see a bunch of idiots walking down the street with goalposts. And, dudes, I was one of those idiots. (laughs) Okay, Dave, hang on. That was my first Nebraska game against Oklahoma. I'd never made the cut as the kid, my brother and I, until a certain age, right? Uh, yeah. Dad would take us to Washington. Dad would take us to, uh, as we grew up and quit being screwballs, he'd take us to the big non-conference game. But OU was for him and Mom. Well, he got four together, West Balcony, Calvin Jones, man. Calvin Jones, the game winner. And uh, that's the game you're referencing because it was cold. My feet are still cold from that game. It was gray and icy, and it was perfect Nebraska-Oklahoma weather because Nebraska and Baron Miles, 
did a 180, man, in the second half. I love that football game. Still have it on videotape. If I had a VCR, I promise you. So what would you do with the goalpost? What would you do with the goalpost? You know what else I thought was kind of funny? Like I said, that was my first game. Uh, At some point, I kind of thought to myself, man, is there a vodka factory around here? Because I sure smell vodka. At, At the game? Yeah. Well, of course you did, because it was four degrees. <laughs> it, 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 it was four degrees. Is that vodka how you ended up taking home the goalposts as a souvenir? And We need to get back to that question. What happened to those goalposts you were carrying around? I have no idea. I, I saw a bunch of guys carrying the goalposts, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a part of this. That's sweet. I, I found a, a piece of one of those goalposts in an antique shop here in Lincoln a couple of years back, like a, a little okay. small six-inch piece. So part of that goalpost ended up in an antique store 20-plus years later. That's all I know. Brother, you, you, could, you could help take the goalposts down, carry them out, and then sell them, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Get them signed and sell them. Dave, hey, I love that story. Have, you guys have a, a, a great weekend. Go Big Red. And uh, I, I'm all behind Mickey and – uh, I really hope that he's a guy that can turn us around, and I hope Trev gives him a shot. Awesome stuff. Dave, appreciate you. Thanks for the phone call. Four six six three seven seven six. And, yeah, that 91 game, man, that was awesome. That was awesome personally just because dad got his tickets. And, uh, yeah, we had made the big time. There was no babysitter. There was no, uh, I'm going to turn this car around. We were behaved. Not that we were total a-holes, but you know how it is with with kids, a lot of you, where there's a certain age where you're just burning money and the ticket because they ruin it for you. <laughs> uh, or they can. I'm maybe being a, a bit too judgmental. Uh, email in from uh, from Todd to hailvarsity.com. Uh, uh, Todd says uh, Nebraska is not going to win. We shouldn't want to keep uh, some hope up for a win. And we don't want any reason to keep Mickey as head coach. We need a true head coach, no more Husker players, an actual coach coach. Todd goes on to say either a team has solid players or you quit trying to spin things. What a joke it is that all of a sudden we suck on defense, supposedly. That side of the ball has been our strength. I want uh, I want a red beer. Uh, and he gives me the homer. Mm. So Todd doesn't think uh, Mickey's the answer. Well, let's, let's, uh, that would be that would that would be quick to judge. Give him a season to to show what he can do. So I'm saying, like, you haven't seen anything from Mickey Joseph as a head coach. How, how do you know he's not a head coach if yet you haven't seen it yet? So I, I think the 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 job of a fan. Let's remember what fan is short for fanatic. The job of a fanatic is, is to get behind their team, and 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 to you know have reckless hope. Isn't that kind of the point of being a fan? I mean. There's no fun in a season unless you have hope and it gets crushed or you have hope and it ends up being fulfilled. It's one of the two ways, but the start of being a fan and, and being able to enjoy things is the hope. Vic emails in quickly. The thing about today is there's the possibility under Mickey. Will it happen? Don't know. But last week, no fan thought Nebraska had a shot against Oklahoma under Frost. That's very true mm-hmm. that you're – your belief in morale has shifted. It's the heart and the part head. of the reason. Yeah, heart versus head. Part of the reason Trev had to make the change. All right, we'll wind down hour one. Gary Barnett coming up. Dean Blevins, Mr. Sooner Magic. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency.
And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. More emails to get to, more of your calls coming up here as Gary Barnett will join us, his take on Frost and Mickey. And uh, don't forget, uh, Coach Barney recruited Mickey and uh, coached Vance. So he knows the, the Joseph family extremely well. Danny Burke from VEASAN Sportsnet coming up next hour. We'll have some NFL picks from him. And also get Danny Sants on the, the 11 or 11 and a half, depending on where you look with Nebraska, Oklahoma. Dean Blevins, part of the uh, News 9 network and uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. Dean, of course, the uh, Sooners coaches show host and also the Cowboys show host for many years. So uh, Dean knows Venables. Dean knows OU. And we'll dive in. Dean, of course, former quarterback. For Oklahoma, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865 to get in and uh, be a part of the show. And, you know, uh, Red Zone Tickets is incredible, Elijah. We've talked a lot about Red Zone Tickets. Do you have tickets you want to buy or sell? You're looking for Nebraska, Oklahoma on Saturday. You're looking for Dave Matthews coming up November 12th. Uh, RedZoneTickets.com is where you go for all your Husker football and volleyball, NFL, Creighton basketball. The Jays should be loaded again this year. Theater, concerts, CWS. Hey, they've got it for you. RedZoneTickets.com. They are local. They're Omaha-based, and they have a A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. 100% guarantee on orders. And with Red Zone Tickets, RedZoneTickets.com, uh, it'll be an experience you'll never forget with authentic, 100% guaranteed orders. RedZoneTickets.com, check it off your bucket list and create the memories that that uh, absolutely last a lifetime. We were talking about memories. We had Dave tell us about that 91 Oklahoma game. Uh, I remember that uh, being my first OU game as well. Steve's with us real quick. Steve, thanks for jumping on on Hale Varsity. Oh, hey, thanks. Uh, got two things. Uh, first thing is, um, hey, tell the band, please don't play Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush again. Okay. <laughs> Stick with Spock, Spock Zara Thustra or Tusk, something, or Narco. And the other is, um, boy, I, I hope Joe Washington doesn't sell a lot of celebratory victory cigars after the game. <laughs> yeah, Joe Washington, no kidding, Steve. That's all I Joe's got. good dude. He'll have uh, he'll have plenty of cigars for you. Uh, That's all I got. Whether, whether thank you, whether they are victory or coping mechanisms, right? And, and to Steve's point, he makes a point about about the Narcos song. That, that's the Mets song for for Edwin Diaz coming out. Like, why is everyone in sports having to cancel that now? Like, let's, let's let that be their thing. I don't, we don't need it to be our thing. I guess it was cool with Will Compton getting up there playing the trumpet, but like we couldn't have picked a different trumpet. We song. need to talk to Will again. Do you think he actually played it? No, no, no. I, I absolutely no. I have a brother a who plays Millie trumpet. Van, I have Millie a Vanilli action. I got yeah. a sister who plays trumpet. My brother was in the marching band. I saw him acting like he was playing that trumpet, and there was no chance. He was using four fingers for three valves. That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) The tape don't lie. After further review, Elijah says that Will Compton does a lot of things, but trumpet ain't one. I'm going to just say Will Will nailed it. I'm going to say Will probably pulled it off. Uh, Hour two, Gary Barnett, Dean Blevins, Charles Thompson, 
uh, before we say goodbye this week. It's Hail Varsity as uh, we are presented by Currency and more emails and phone calls for you next hour. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, give us a follow, H Varsity Radio on Twitter. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, Thursday, Nebraska, Oklahoma week. It's time to check in with Gary Barnett. We're presented by Currency. Coach, how's your week? Uh, it's been a fine week, you know, just watching everything unfold, trying to put lipstick on a pig at the at the CU games. Batteries in my computer die, my car die, so I'm being tested by the universe. Nebraska fans being tested again this week, Coach, with transition and coaching change. I want to start Helton, man, he got it done. His quarterback played phenomenal, and they wanted to shoot out. Reaction to Nebraska's defense right now with what they're allowing, almost 500 a game, and everyone's scoring points on them. I got home in time to watch that probably the last half of that game or the last quarter for sure. And, and then, of course, the stats on it I've seen. And if you remember when we talked last week, mm-hmm. I said that uh, Georgia Southern's coming in here with a great, proud tradition. You know, they've been good, and they're one of those teams you just don't want to put on your schedule. I hated for that to come true, but it was exactly what happened is that team came in here and with a coach that's got a lot to prove as well, and a darn good football coach and a quarterback that's on fire, put up 642 yards on Nebraska. I mean, that's hard to do. This team came in and did it. Ten penalties didn't help for Nebraska. That's brutal. I mean, Nebraska's numbers were decent. They just couldn't stop anybody, and that, that in the end was the, was the ball game. And then since then, you know, it's, I've been watching, and you're in the middle of. It's just been chaos. I have to wait and see what happens now. What's your takeaway uh, on Scott was supposed to work. It didn't work. You saw and were around him when he was at Oregon. You saw Central Florida. You know that there's some talent there. What he has been as a coach, and it just was tough. And, of course, the, the Nebraska gig, the coming home, the pressure, it was just a, a situation that was time to end is what Trev Alberts felt. Yeah, and I, and I get that. And probably for Coach Frost, he, he probably felt the same way. I mean, there's, there's a point in time when you just go, ah, uh, you know what, this isn't going to work. Get me out of here. I'm sure all of that is exactly what happened. And, you know, it's a big step, Chris, from coordinator to head coach. It's it's just bigger than anybody can imagine. There are so many things that you all, all of a sudden become responsible for. And I know that his head coaching experience at, at UCF says, predicts, 
you know, success wherever he goes. And I get it. And I think that happens a lot. And, and then you get to a situation that's just a lot different, a lot tougher and a lot more complicated, like probably Nebraska is. I mean, UCF, you're in the middle of a recruiting hotbed. I mean, they had players. Look at all the players they had and the guys that, you know, Heupel takes over for him and does really well. And now he's at Tennessee. And so, you know, it, it takes players. I, I've yet to see a jockey carry a racehorse across the finish line. <laughs> And frankly, you know, a combination probably of the way Scott does things, maybe versus what needed to be done, the players that he had versus the players he inherited and the players that he lost in portal and that sort of stuff. It's just a combination of a lot of things. And it's, you just can't put your finger on one single thing because it's never one single thing. It's always all these things in combination. You have to cross every T, dot every I, and then be a little bit lucky, I think, in this business, especially as complicated as it's become, to be successful. Just didn't work this time. It's, it's not the end of the world. You know, Scott will get another job if he wants it. He certainly doesn't need it financially. There comes a point in time uh, after you're out for a week, two weeks, a year, two years that you just go, I can't live without this thing. And you get back in it, but we'll see what happens. Well, you mentioned it's not one thing, development, identification. Development's really key for me. Nebraska's lines of scrimmage coach are always kind of been in flux and some years are better. Some some years have been worse. It was a tough deal. Mickey Joseph, you know, the Joseph family very, very well. Some of Mickey's brothers and cousins played for you at Colorado. Mickey's got an opportunity he's fired up about it but man he's he's got an iron fist but he's also got the ability to motivate that's a pretty good combination it is and again it's a huge leap from he wasn't even the coordinator and so going from a position coach to a head coach and taking all those responsibilities now he's certainly going to get a pass for no matter what happens this year you know it's it's not going to be on mickey joseph but he does have a unique opportunity uh to if not secure and, and get this job to put himself in a position to uh, be, be talked about in other positions, other jobs that come open. So it's a great opportunity for him. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a test and uh, you know, athletes, competitors like tests. And so he's got one now and uh, he certainly has nowhere to go, but up at Nebraska at this point. And uh, everybody gets to sit back and watch what happens, and Mickey gets a chance, gets his chance. So, um, you know, it's be careful what you wish for there, young man. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I'm I wish the best for him. I, you know, I I love Mickey. I love the whole Joseph family, as you know. And so, um, I'm I'm happy for Mickey. Gary Barnett with us, few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, pursing through the week in Lincoln. So there's candidates also. Trev's going to do a national search. I, I think Trev, the way he handled things Sunday was was ultra, ultra classy. And Trev's a, a realist with what Nebraska is versus what Nebraska used to be. Uh, you can still be a good football program, but it didn't 25, 30 years ago. I think Trev gets that. What What's the job look like to you, Coach? And since everyone's been asked this week, I'm going to ask you, are you interested? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm interested in seeing what happens. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, things, have, you know, the universe has changed since the heydays. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we experienced it here at Colorado. Um, our move to the Pac-12 should have enhanced our our difficulties or our challenges mm-hmm. because and solutions to them because 
we we opened up the entire west coast to recruiting for us where it had pretty much just been in a couple areas uh and and you had just the opposite happen with nebraska and and that's a piece of all this is when you lose texas um as a place to, where you go to play two or three times a year or a couple times a year between oklahoma and texas and the schools in the big 12 and, and that area closes up um you know, it, it, it changes, it changes over time, uh, your recruiting base. And that's pretty much, as I look at Nebraska, that's one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest challenges, I should say. And how you solve that, I'm not sure. Uh, I do think that perhaps, uh, uh, UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten down the road, uh, is going to help that a little bit, um, for sure, but it doesn't help in the next couple of years right now as far as establishing some sort of recruiting base. None of us uh, that that live where we do right now can rely on uh, the handful of guys that come out of each one of our states to to uh, handle our programs, you know, to, to make our programs better. You know, Chris, when, when I think back of all, all the really good teams that I've had, they've, they've been really good offensive line, mm-hmm. and they've controlled practice. They've controlled games. And, um, you know, Nebraska, like Colorado, is we're struggling in that area as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, you know, if I'm sitting on – if I'm Trev or Mickey, I'm sitting there thinking, you know – I have got to go create a, a really good offensive line. It's not the only thing I've got to go do, but it certainly would be on the top of my list. So a lot of things to do, no no question. Prioritizing them becomes, you know, number one. And uh, and then finding just the right personality that's going to work in, uh, in, in Nebraska and know how to recruit for Nebraska. So it's... It's it's a tough combination, Coach. I'm going to throw out some candidate names. Who's your your AD? Right. Let's play that game. Who's your first call? You know what, Chris? I'm not going to play that game with you. No. So uh, <laughs> it's you know I I really just I don't want to get into that. Yeah. Uh, you know, naming names out there. First of all, I don't like being wrong. Okay. And so. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be wrong on the air, much less at home. Okay. So uh, uh, I don't know who you call. I, I don't know. And I think it's way too early to make calls unless, uh, you know, right now Nebraska is not a place that um, head coaches in Power Five conferences are necessarily interested, interested in going to unless they're struggling where they are with gotcha. just you know, culture and things like that. But there'll be plenty of people interested in that job. And I think Trev's Trev's challenge will be to whether he gets uh, an existing Power Five successful coach, or whether he goes to uh, along the Chris Kleiman mm-hmm. uh, route, where he pulls up somebody from a successful program at the in the you know lower level mm-hmm. uh, school. So he, he's got a lot of things to look at, and he's got agents calling him right and left right now. So uh, he, he's got a handful. For a while. Would you still say if you were to give a grade on attractiveness with Nebraska, what what letter grade put your teaching cap on? 
Well, I think you've got to do a B, B for sure, because you've got all the resources you need, mm-hmm. you know, other than maybe a recruiting base. Mm-hmm. But everything else is in place. I mean, if you're going to go pick a school, uh, you know, 10 years ago, Nebraska is going to be on top of that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not so much now because it becomes a, a rebuild, but it's still got all the resources that you ever need to be successful. The, what you have to figure out is the recruiting base. And whether you use the portal or not, uh, you, you know, that's guys are, you know, they're becoming portal geniuses uh, with labels. And so, you know, maybe that's the way you want to go. It's, it's, to me, it's like getting into the junior college recruiting. And once you start, you can't get out. You're stuck in it. And I think once you start in the portal, you get stuck in the portal. But um, the portal is going to be part of it. You got it. You're going to live with it. So you're going to lose them and you're going to get them. And you just got to plan carefully. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, uh, one name I am going to talk about because he's here this weekend is Urban Meyer. And there's been some floatage of, of Arizona State and Nebraska. And Dan Patrick had that about three, four weeks ago. And uh, is, is, it, is the Nebraska job something Urban would look at? And I ask that because... Urban's been to Florida. Urban's been to Ohio State. Urban's a really good coach. I mean, he did great work at Utah. But point is, is he went into loaded spots that were blue bloods. I mean, I don't know if Nebraska's um, r- talent on the roster, it's not bad at all. I'm not knocking it, but it, I don't know that it was at Florida or Ohio State level, if, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. Uh, I, 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 would, I would never predict what Urban's going to do, but um... – it, it, if I were uh, the athletic director, if I were Trev, I think you've got to at least put that on the list, mm-hmm. put him on the list. And um, you got a lot of things to consider there. And, um, you know, he, he's got a few warts, as you know, but he's also got some big prizes. So, I, I, you know, I don't think you dismiss anybody at this point in time. And you just got to find the right fit, you know, that's and that's right. not easy. That's what Trev said. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, let's do some rapid fire before we say goodbye. Uh, we will ask you about Miami at A&M. A&M smarting minus five and a half Aggies. Yeah, you know, and I'm not sure how good Miami is, uh, even though, even with that new quarterback. Uh, but A&M shows you that they just they don't have it, you know, right now. They don't have any way, any spark. Um I think they they're five and a half because they're the home team in Miami's travel, and I I think I think if I were if I were uh, betting, I'd probably take Miami in the points. Mm-hmm. But I think I think I don't know who's going to win it, but I think mm-hmm. betting wise, I'd take Miami in the points. What do you think about uh, BYU and Oregon? BYU able to uh, to survive Baylor? They had uh, Autzen now. I don't think anybody knows what Oregon is right now, and. Um, you know, they certainly weren't impressive in the first game that we saw. They are at home, three and a half. Uh, BYU, I think BYU just, uh, I don't know how much they have left in the tank after last week's game. I mean, that was incredible to watch, fun to watch, but how much do they have left? They've got an absolute unbelievable schedule. So I'm going to go with Oregon here um, just because I think they need to rebound, and it's, it's a tough place to play. What do you think of Minnesota? I know you've been prepping for the Gophers for Saturday. I think Minnesota's really good. 
and I think we're struggling. So that's all I'll say about that one. <laughs> well, I'm not asking you to pick. Just oh, good. Just good. No, we, we got our work cut out for us. You know, we, we, we've only scored seven points in the second half of, in, in two ball games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, it, I mean, we just haven't been able to generate any offense. And uh, we had just terrible conditions last week, maybe the worst I've ever seen yeah. or as bad as I've seen. And we're struggling there. And, uh, again, offensive line play, you know, we just haven't, mm-hmm. haven't been sharp. Yeah, I don't want the headline Coach Barnett picks uh, says, take the points, leave the points. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going no, there with No you. way. <laughs> Nebraska, are you going to take the points? Huskers getting 11 at home. Boy, I think I would take the points. Uh, I, I take Nebraska with the points. I don't. I, OU hasn't proven themselves yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't played anybody, and and uh, you know, I I don't know whether they Nebraska can stay within eleven and a half, but I think that's where I'd lean right now. Gary Barnett, coach, uh, safe travels to Minnesota. Thanks for the time. Yeah, I hope the battery on that plane works. So, all <laughs> right, thanks, Chris. Talk to you later. Good stuff from Colorado and Northwestern coach Gary Barnett. Barney uh, has. Had luck, man. Crazy luck with batteries. As in, like, his Tesla locked him in him. He's probably going to punch me for telling this, but he's locked in his own vehicle. <laughs> Couldn't get out. And, like, you can't even get a locksmith on a Tesla, can you? Cause they no, yeah. but it was like 115 degrees in there. So that, that was not, not good. Dean Blevins with us. Some of your emails, too. Good stuff from, uh, from you in the email bag. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity presented by Currency. We say hi to the Sooner quarterback and uh, multiple time Sportscaster of the Year with News 9. Dean Blevins with us. Dean, we're, we're, we're calling an audible little option play here. Uh, usually it's just phone, but hey, why not video, Dean? Good to see you. There you go. There you go. Good to be with you and Elijah. And uh, anxious for tomorrow to finally get here, Chris. Yeah, it's been a week. And want to get your take on things from afar, Dean with the decision for Trev to move on and the end of the Frost era. I asked that because Oklahoma went through it oh, a few years back with, with John Blake, one of your own coming back to lead the program and how difficult that, that was for for Sooner fans. But, I mean, Bob Stoops was great. I mean, that was an incredible uh, hire. But uh, give me your, your thoughts here from uh, from Big 12 country. Um, well, you know, I think it's really smart of Trev Alberts. Um, I think that uh, Nebraska has a chance, has a real chance to stun the nation. <laughs> As Coach Switzer said back when uh, Charles Thompson uh, led the Sooners up there, 
Charles hadn't played in. Charles, by the way, Casey's daddy. Yes. Uh, had hadn't played much, and he was having to to to, to play that game. And Switzer told him the night before the game, "You're going." Told the team, he said, "Charles Thompson's going to going to stun the nation." Well, I think Nebraska has a chance to stun the nation tomorrow, and I think Treb knows that, and uh, that this move uh, gives them such a better chance because when you get a coach that. You know, whether your guys like him or not, whether the players like him or not, you can't believe in a guy when you lose that many close games. And so now you have a fresh look. You have an energized team. You have a more focused team, uh, a more disciplined team probably, and and one that uh, is capable of pulling off this upset. So uh, I do think it was a, a wise move in terms of the timing. And, and we'll see if Mickey is a, is a legitimate candidate moving forward. There are some legitimate guys out there, I'll tell you that, uh, that may not be as big a household names as Nebraska fans might like. But uh, I have no doubt that, that you guys will make a, a really good hire this time. Dean Blevins with us, News 9, Oklahoma City, at Dean Blevins on Twitter. And, uh, of course, the sports animal. Uh, Dean has seen and done it all uh, when it comes to, to college football coverage. Dean, you you make a great point about Trev, and it's it's probably similar to, to what SC was doing a year ago with Clay Helton. Not to pour any salt, your direction, but they, they went and, and got Lincoln, and, and Trev will have a chance to – to sift through things. We'll get to the game in, in just a minute, but from a candidate standpoint, who, who would you call first? Who's Dean Blevins shortlist? I'm calling Kansas state. Climbing. Absolutely. Uh, I think he is a, a fantastic coach. I think Oklahoma is going to have its work cut out for them at home next week. When uh, K state rolls in, I, I, I think he is a phenomenal candidate. I am a, I'm a Mark Stoops guy, and as crazy as it sounds, I don't know if Mark would take the job, um, as good a job as it has been in the past. Uh, but but Mark Stoops is a guy that's our, that's proven. Uh, he's got the Stoops blood in him. He's got the well, at least the, the Bob Stoops blood in him, and he can flat out coach. And it, it doesn't matter which side of the ball he's on. Uh, I think either one of those two guys would just be a fantastic hire for them if they could make it happen. Dean, would, would you give Urban Meyer a call? I wouldn't call Urban Meyer if he were the last human on this earth alive. I, I wouldn't call to check in and see how he's doing. The lack of credibility and the uh, – Nebraska deserves better. Urban Meyer is a fabulous football coach in college. Um, but no, Nebraska needs to stay away from him and not even consider a phone call to him. Never, never, never. Dean, what about other the, than that? I don't. Have, other than that, I don't have opinion. Know, Dean Blevins with us <laughs> at Dean Blevins on Twitter. Uh, News Nine, Oklahoma City sports animal, going to be back in Lincoln. So was it Lincoln or was it Norman that you uh, you broke hearts in '76? It was up in Lincoln. Yeah, we had. Uh, uh, we had one there in 74 my freshman year as a backup to Steve Davis. And uh, 
we had come up there and David Hum was the quarterback mm-hmm. and Randy Hughes picked off a couple of passes and won that game and won the championship. That was back when Nebraska, I know you were winning every championship, right? Back in that era. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had another run there in the nineties, of course, but uh, no, that game was, that game was in Lincoln and it was a typical uh, day. This is going to be so unusual. I see you're going to have hot weather up there and you know, we normally roll up around Thanksgiving and it's just always, always ice cold windy and uh, seems to be misting quite a bit so this would be a treat for them but that game was in um that game was in lincoln and somebody sent me a copy of that game and also sent me a, the broadcast of the 1971 game down here the abc broadcast and it was a hoot watching that i, I would encourage your people to uh, to go to youtube and check that out it, it is awesome other thing that's been funny on on twitter this week and we talked to to coach Switzer uh, yesterday is and I always get a kick out of Barry. And when we talk to him, Barry's like, am I going to need my, my fur? You know, when he, when he comes up to, <laughs> when he comes up to Lincoln, it's either a speaking engagement or, or it's like you're talking about, it's November and it's bone chilling cold. And uh, yeah, the, the, the infamous Jamel Holloway, Charles Thompson, matching fur coats, the beaver jacket, man, that, that we still get a kick out of that. We laugh at that. Can, can you rock a fur coat like Switzer? Well, nobody can do it quite like the king uh, who's, 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 about, who's about to celebrate his 85th birthday. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I do take uh, uh, clothing. I, I would, would consider myself perhaps a clothes horse. But uh, no, you can't, you can't compare. Can't compete with that. Come on, Chris. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know if Dean Blevins had uh, had a coyote and a beaver or, or not. Dean Blevins with us. Dean, let's talk about Nebraska-Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel's got off to a good start. Uh, I know third downs have been a bit of an issue. I love your, your running game. At least last year I was wowed by it, and you still got one of the kids back. Break down this OU team for us. What's coming to Lincoln? Well, I know the team – pretty well know the staff pretty well and i have no idea what team's coming to lincoln i do know that it's not an elite team um and i do know that they have said all the right things and they've instituted a culture and all of that that, that comes with those words like that they, they've done all of that and they're coached individually better uh especially in the secondary uh, they're playing better and they're coached better uh, but i have no idea I really don't. You have so many new players. Oklahoma lost a lot of really good players last year. Um, you know, they, they've got seven guys playing in the NFL defensively from last year's team. Uh, so you you, you got to try to replace that. There's some good front-line players, but, um, you know, it, it's not a, a dominant team by any stretch. While at the same time, i got to tell you that Levy comes in here with this offense, and when he gets it revved up and going – they are lethal. Uh, so I have no idea. I'm not sure that Oklahoma can establish a run game. They get Wanye Morris back, and I think with Mathis, they're going to have a big – I think that will be a big matchup in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if Oklahoma can establish the run, but if they get things going uh, the way they, they have in these first two games for a short period of time, they can be lethal. But uh, I give Nebraska – I mean, I, I consider it – almost a, a toss-up game. In fact, I do consider it a toss-up game, not a not an 11-point game. 
Dean, do you think this game's got, got shootout potential with, with Jeff Lebby, that kind of, you know, space, fast uh, offense? And then you got Nebraska, who Casey Thompson this season, it hasn't been an issue moving the football through this Husker offense. We'll, we'll just put it that way. And uh, I haven't seen as much from this, this new Brent Venables-led defense at Oklahoma. But, but do you think the game's got shootout potential? Yeah, it, it sure does. Um, but but I don't think we, we know either one because you can't really say under Nebraska circumstances that you know what you're going to throw out there. And then I, I don't from Oklahoma's standpoint. They are sounder defensively. They are, as Mickey said this week, Chris, you noted to me earlier, they're tackling in practice. So Oklahoma's been doing that since this new staff came in town. They're tackling much, much better, and they're so much sounder. But uh, But – they still have given up uh, yards to uh, inferior teams these first two weeks, but yeah, it, it could be uh, it could be a shootout. Dean Blevins with us, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Dean, uh, Nebraska. It's Casey Thompson. Man, he's been uh, he's been really good throwing the football. Of course, you know you know Dad Charles, but but Casey is somebody you've been super close with uh, all his career. Yeah, Casey was a first-class phenom when he was here. Uh, Oklahoma actually went after him when Nebraska uh, got him. Um, so Brent Venables was talking about that the other day. But I got to tell you, you know, uh, obviously Ch- Charles Thompson had uh, made a horrible life decision many decades ago, but he has his act together. His family's unbelievable. They are a great support system, and they are as true blue. They, they are great, great people, and they've raised those boys extremely well. Casey is as classy and as solid a guy as I know uh, in college football. Uh, he is a leader. He, he has a pure heart. He is very athletic. Uh, I can't say enough great things about him. Uh, he will pose a, a, a threat to Oklahoma because he can run and pass, but I could not be higher on a guy than I am on Casey Thompson. And I, I have a, that, it's a great guy to go to under the circumstances that Nebraska is playing under right now. So I expect some good things the rest of the season from Casey, and he's gotten off to to a good start. It hadn't been him. You need you need some guys to tackle some people, and uh, Casey might have looked a little bit better, but uh, couldn't be higher on an individual. Maybe more from a character standpoint and leadership standpoint than even athletic, and I think the world of him as an athlete. Dean, he he really put it to Oklahoma last year. There's got to be some comfort and familiarity here for Saturday for him, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely. And he wanted to beat Oklahoma so badly last year <clears throat> while he was at Texas. And he produced, like you said, your people probably know the numbers. It was uh, it was remarkable, especially in that first half. So he is capable of doing it and would love to do it against no one more so than, than uh, the team he grew up wanting to play for. Um, I think it sets up beautifully for him. He can handle the pressure. Uh, I, I expect Oklahoma to have trouble stopping Nebraska and it might even be have trouble slowing Nebraska the question will be how many times both of these teams can convert and get into the end zone because I think they have offensive talent but uh, uh, you got to push it across and and Casey will uh, have a challenge in doing that as Oklahoma will as well 
Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Dean Blevins with us, News 9, Oklahoma City, and the Sports Animal. And, of course, he hosts the Sooner Coaches Show as forever. You've uh, you've hosted all the coaches, man, the last uh, several decades. And what's the, the mood, the, the personality of Venables? Uh, not a stranger, of course. Mickey's familiar with the, the, the Clemson defense he ran. So what? How do you? How has Venables transitioned in? Well, the fans just fell in love with him. First of all, you got to remember that Lincoln Riley fled in the middle of the night fled. in the most un- unclassy move <laughs> wow. ever. And you know, Lincoln was very popular around here and uh, was very successful. But the way he handled this. Uh, number one, it tells you that he indeed was talking, his agent was talking with USC um, after the second game when Clay Helton got fired. So this thing goes way back, and I'm sure that's one of the reasons he kind of snuck out of town. Um, but uh, in terms of Brent, he comes in, and since he is uh, he, he's a great talker, he, he is a great motivator, and he's taken the motivational skills that he uh, has done well with players and taken it to the fans, and because of that and because he had been here before and but mostly because lincoln turned his back and left um i think that the people around here absolutely love him how good a coach is he going to be how does that uh, chris and and you know i i don't know how that uh plays into saturday how much the fans love him because they they if you listen to some people around here this game won't be close and no other game will be close on route to winning a national championship over Georgia 60 to nothing some uh-huh. people have gotten gone to to that degree so Brent's a heck of a nice guy uh, a great motivator but he's not been in this situation some of my friends question whether he can be a guy who can can really win at Oklahoma and this is a, a first test Dean, Oklahoma, Nebraska means what to you as we say goodbye? It means, at one time, the greatest rivalry out there. And I say that with all due respect to Texas uh, and Oklahoma and their rivalry and all other rivalries. But for decades, this was the very, very best. And I just I hope and pray that somehow these games are played more regularly mm-hmm. It, it means the respect that Oklahoma has for Nebraska, and I talk about that from a player standpoint, from a coach's standpoint, but mostly from a fan standpoint. And I know in large part the, the people of Nebraska feel exactly the same way. We missed the rivalry. This will be wonderful to get back together uh, and see all the Reds come together. Uh, and I just hope that the two powers 
get to that level again and can play somewhat regularly. It's Dean Blevins, Sooner Great, News 9, Oklahoma City, and, of course, with uh, the Sports Animal and the Sooner Coaches Show. Dean, we will see you up here in Lincoln, bud. Thanks so much. Look forward to seeing you. You guys take care. Dean Blevins, good to get caught up with Dean and great perspective on Oklahoma. It's time for Best Bets with Daddy Burke, some NFL, some Nebraska to get into. Daddy, we got you all right, brother. I know you're uh, you're in transition. How you doing? <laughs> We're doing all right, Smitty. We, uh, we got new horizons coming up for Nebraska football, right? So uh, it's only up from here is what we're hoping. <laughs> new horizons for sure. Let's uh, talk Nebraska before we get into a couple of NFLs. What you, what's your take? I've seen 10 and a half. I've seen 11. It's been a long old time since Nebraska has been dogged that many points at home. What's your feel on the overs, uh, the, the total, and, of course, the number? Yeah, I, this thing got up as high as 16, apparently, is what I saw some sharp. I even then kind of saw it saw it about 14 in the hook. I was able to get 11 in the hook with Nebraska here. I mean, let's be honest. Obviously, Nebraska's been a train wreck thus far. There's nobody denying that. But when you terminate a coach, I don't care whatever sport it is, the team tends to rally around each other and have a spark for that next game. We see it happen all the time. And even when we were looking at this game in the summer to where what it opened like two, then went to four and four, if Nebraska hadn't lost the two games they shouldn't have lost is probably where this number would be. Now you're telling me I can get a seven-point difference with a team that should have a spike in their play because of what happened with their head coach. Look, I'll take the 11-and-a-half based on the principle of that, where this line was, knowing they still have the same team. And who knows, maybe Mickey Joseph is the right guy at this time. The players love him. He recruited a lot of them, and they're going to rally around him. So I'll take the 11-and-a-half. And you know what? If I get burned, I'll get burned, and that'll probably be the last time I put some stock in this Huskers team. But I think you do get a spark from them, and I like taking the double-digit points. In terms of the total you know, the obvious thought would be to go to the over here, but I have seen some respected money go toward the under. So ultimately, I'll stay away. But uh, I'd probably also consider maybe a first-half angle on the Huskers. If you don't like the full game and can't think or don't think they'll close it out, maybe look for them to get that immediate spark sooner rather than later and look for a first-half angle, too. Danny Burke is with us. And, Danny, the big 11 o'clock game is obviously Nebraska and Oklahoma. At 2.30, we got Penn State and Auburn. Penn State, a three-point favorite uh, against War Eagle. What do you like in that one? I'm not touching much college football this week. This one's a really difficult spot here. Penn State feels like the right side. I'll probably wait to see if I can get kind of an in-game bet with it. But, again, I'm leaning toward the Nittany lines, but not much that I love throughout this slate. It's kind of an ugly one. That's the thing. I was looking forward to the big matchup with Nebraska and Oklahoma, and I know I'm betting it, but obviously it's not as entertaining now that we saw what happened with the Huskers. But, again, maybe that means they turn a corner. But, yeah, for Penn State-Auburn, lean Nittany lines, Elijah, but ultimately nothing officially that I'll probably play. Danny Burke, Vizen Sports Bet Network with us at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter and uh, the Danny Burke podcast. Danny, uh, let's go NFL here. Big one, always uh, a flurry with the Chargers Chiefs tonight. Arrowhead minus four. Man, they didn't miss a beat last weekend uh, against Arizona. What do you feel tonight with the Chiefs? Man, this line feels like it's gotten a little too inflated on the side of Kansas City. If it was at three, I probably would say the Chiefs are the right side. But, look, I'm a diehard Herbert fan, so I'll kind of be rooting for him deep down. 
But the plays that I did make in this game revolve around Patrick Mahomes and his props. The dude was a madman last week against the Cardinals, and they just kept punishing and punishing Arizona, even when they didn't need to. Racked up a ton of passes and a ton of yards. So I'm looking at this game thinking, well, the Chargers offense actually has what it takes to keep it close, get this in a shootout, or even take the lead, forcing Kansas City to need the throw. So that took me into the prop of Patrick Mahomes' completions over 26-and-a-half. That's one of the bets I made. And the other bets with Patrick Mahomes, and this is kind of funny because who, who would think to do this, really, is his rushing yard, 16-and-a-half. I bet the over. Oddly enough, guys, he's gone over this mark in six out of seven career games against the Chargers. You think about what happens. They send the receivers deep. Well, that takes the secondary deep along with them. Then that opens up viable running lanes for Mahomes. Or now that you have Bosa and Mack, you're going to be bringing the pressure, forces Mahomes out of the pocket. Then he's going to have to improvise, scramble, rack up some more yards to pad those stats. We'll also count me in for Mahomes over 16 and a half rushing yards, along with him over completions of 26 in the hook. Daddy Burke with us. Burke's best bet. Tale Varsity Radio uh, presented by Currency. We'll do some more rapid fire with Daddy. NFL weekend. What does Daddy say with the line and some totals? We'll get there as we wind down a Thursday as uh, Hale Varsity all over Nebraska, Oklahoma weekend. Remember to get buckled up. Your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries only if properly worn. Uh, buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Final thoughts uh, with uh, Burke's Best Bets on the way. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back one final time, Hale Varsity presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Danny Burke, Beeson Sports Network, NFL Weekend. Danny, want to go to Tampa and New Orleans, Brady and Company minus two and a half. What say you? Man, I've been going back and forth on this matchup for quite some time. I, and it looks like a lot of the people on my network like Tampa Bay here, and I get it, you could be after this game looking back in hindsight going, man, we only had to lay two of the hook with the Bucks." But at the same time, Tom Brady has really struggled against the Saints team. For whatever reason, he just can't get over that hump. Now, the Saints are dealing with a lot of injuries. A plethora of guys are questionable here. Even Jameis is dealing with some back stuff. But at the same time, so is Tampa Bay with the guys that they have on their side and the questionable injuries and status of everyone. Look, I guess if I had to do anything here, Schmitty, I'd probably lay the two in the hook or about up to minus a buck 40 on the Bucks money line. But ultimately, I think this will be a good in-game bet. Look, if I don't play it, Bucks get out to an early lead, tip your cap, that probably is the right side. If the Saints get up early, well, see if you can get a better number on the Bucks and then look to attack it with that approach. That's probably what I'll end up doing with that game. But should be a fun one to watch. Danny, Sunday night football, your Chicago Bears against the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers looked a little out of sorts last week. The Bears got a win, but people are saying, well, it's probably just because of the weather. What say you, the Packers are a 10-point home favor against the Bears? Probably just because of the weather. Elijah, you're not giving my Bears any credit, baby. <laughs> Come on now, that's just fair weather. You know, it's a little precipitation ever hurt anybody except for Trey Lance. But uh, <laughs> look, this Bears team, I've pretty much been saying this. I'm sure I've said it to you guys at nauseum. The Bears aren't going to rack up a lot of W's, but they're going to be a competitive bunch. They're going to be a team that covers the spread a decent chunk of the time because of the disrespect that they'll receive. 
10 points is a lot, and I'm not overreacting to what Green Bay did. They'll definitely bounce back and they'll win this game. But again, the Bears have a competent coaching staff that can make adjustments. You saw that happen in the second half against the 49ers. You see these guys just having more fun and wanting to play hard, unlike when Nagy was out there. Fields is actually smiling and getting some protection. And the defense didn't look too bad. And it's clear that, yes, what we've been worrying about Rodgers may come to fruition in terms of his lack of trust with these new guys. They'll get there. It's just going to be a learning curve. It may be a slow start for them. I would look for the Bears in the first half, if anything. I'm still waiting to see what props come out. But we have seen the Bears play the Packers very close in the first half multiple times. So if I'm betting anything with Chicago, that would probably be my angle. Daddy Burke, Visa and Sports Network at Daddy Burke 5. Daddy, lastly, quickly here about uh, 60 seconds or less. Vikings, Eagles, Monday night, minus two Philly. Yeah, I got a lot at stake in this game. Maybe not a lot, but I'll probably end up having a lot at stake. Uh, two bets that I did for this one, I did a tease with my tease Minnesota from plus two up to plus eight, and I paired that with teasing down the Browns from minus six and a half to a pick them against the Jets. So that's the teaser I got involved with the Vikings. And I also like the total over 51. Minnesota's defense is not as good as they looked last week. Again, it was kind of fluky what happened to Aaron Rodgers. And the Eagles' offense, we know consistently, is going to be very tough to defend. So this should be a back-and-forth battle. And even if the Eagles do get out to an early lead, we clearly saw that Minnesota has the weapons to rebuttal in any case scenario that gets thrown their way. I love Kevin O'Connell. I love this Vikings team. I like teasing them up, and I'd like this to be a higher-scoring affair. Danny Burke. Danny, we'll talk next week. Thanks for the time, brother. Hey, you got it, guys. Enjoy your weekend. All right. Single Barrel tomorrow, Roadshow Friday, the bar Saturday morning. We'll see you as we get ready for OU Nebraska. A Huda Media Production.